Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. And I'm Nick Amaral. And thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, episode number 21. Today, we're going to be talking all about the best training methods that you can use as the tech coach to help your teachers learn how to best use technology in their classrooms. Nick, how are you today? What are you doing these days? Doing good, Jeff. Uh, busy couple days, actually, just in in and out of rooms and spending a lot of time on uh, breakout games with teachers, which is kind of fun. That's interesting. I've been doing that, too. We did a couple breakout sessions. How's everything going with you guys? And what do your teachers think about breakout games? Uh, they enjoy them. They actually like the idea of, uh, you know, trying to design their own and uh, take the ones that are there and just modify and make them a little bit more engaging. So we were looking at some different platforms the, the past couple of day, uh, days, some of the games that are available. And then uh, we also got into designing some digital ones. I love the idea of digital breakouts. They've been doing some pretty cool things over on the Breakout EDU website. Um, you know, I, I, I've got a couple of great examples. It, it, I don't know, Nick, maybe we can use it as a, as, a, uh, as a podcast topic sometime. What do you think? I think so. I think that's a fun one. I think it's a hot topic right now. So, yeah. And Let's we want we want to know what you guys are thinking as we get through the first marking period. I can't believe it's almost through the first marking period, Nick. We're looking for some great topics. We've got some good things coming up in October, November, and December. But we want to know what you guys are thinking. If there's a couple podcast topics that are sitting there going, hmm, I'm a tech coach. I'd love to hear this on the show. Please let us know. Reach out to us over at Ask the Tech Coach, or you can always email us at feedback at teachercast.net. Or you know what? Leave us a voice message over at teachercast.net slash voicemail. We would love to hear from you and get some great feedback and reactions from this and all of our shows. And Nick, speaking of which, we had some great reflections and reactions from last week's episode 20, where we were talking all about tech coach websites. Uh, What kind of feedback did you get? Yeah, you know, one of the things I think that stuck out with the website that we got feedback uh, on was the audience aspect, the idea of knowing your audience, know who you're driving the attention to uh, when you're creating your tech coach website. Um, And no matter sort of what the platform that you're using, that you just keep that in mind. And, And that's so true, right? Like that's the difference between making a website that says put the picture on the Google slide versus put the picture on the Google slide by first clicking on the slide, then going to insert, then clicking on image, then go, right? You get the idea here, guys, right? So knowing your audience really determines how much detail you're going to be putting in your websites. It doesn't matter the platform, right, Nick? Right, absolutely. And so we want to hear from you guys, right? We love the feedback that we were getting. And, you know, Nick, we... We've been doing this now for, you know, almost two, two and a half months every single week. Of course, we drop our shows over at askthetechcoach.com. We we produce the show every single Monday morning. You can have it on your drive to work first thing. And this week, we had our first meeting of our Ask the Tech Coach Mastermind. Nick, what did you think? We had so many great tech coaches all together, literally from across the planet. Yeah, this was a fun thing. I, you know, I was looking forward to this for a while and it's just, you know, being in the role now for a handful of years uh, as a tech coach and a PD person uh, and, you know, you uh, said it as well during our meeting, just the idea that this is really a nice support group and you're always looking for people in similar roles and, and you and I bounce ideas off all the time. And this is another opportunity for us to bounce these ideas with eight or nine other, you know, individuals that are all, all across, you know, the world. So this is awesome. 
And, and, you know, the thing I like about the group that we have, and by the way, if you're out there listening and you're in our mastermind group, hello, it's, it was great to meet you guys out there, and we're looking forward to doing it. We had a fantastic almost two-hour meeting the other day. Um, we actually decided to switch into two different breakout sessions, so we're actually not doing the two meetings we wanted to do. We're actually doing like four or five meetings now. That's yep. pretty cool. Uh, Nick, tell us a little bit about the breakout meetings that we decided to start up. Yeah, I think the whole idea was just how can we, you know, best support each other. So, you know, we didn't want to mitigate and kind of just pigeonhole ourselves into, you know, we're only going to meet twice a month or we're only going to meet on these days. We wanted to be more personalized, which, you know, is sort of the the key thing going on right now in education. But that's exactly what we wanted to do. And the idea was, hey, you know, why don't we if there's a group that wants to break out and talk about LMSs, then they can work with me. If we, uh, if you want to talk with Jeff and you want to talk about more designing a tech integration plan, then we can break out and do that. And if you're interested in both, then heck, then we'll all join and we'll do, we'll go over all the pieces. And that's so important that we're doing that stuff. And it's great because we have people in our mastermind now that literally are alone in their district. We've got people in our mastermind. Like we've got two amazing tech coaches that are in the same school district that decided to join us. And Nick, I, I, I love this story here. And if you're out there watching, thank you for being with us. We have a tech coach that's got 26 <laughs> buildings. Unreal. Nick, you and I cannot be complaining anymore because of this. <laughs> And, and, and so we had a great time. And if you guys are out there listening and you're like, man, I wish I could have gotten in on that or, you know, I wish I had something like that. Don't worry. Nick and I are looking at putting together a, new, a second cohort for this starting in January in 2019. We're going to be giving you guys all the details about how you guys can join our Ask the Tech Coach Mastermind. Get included with this. Learn how to create a tech integration plan. Learn how to use a learning management system. Learn how to do all of these great things in a safe environment. Um, you know, keep us in mind. Let us know. Uh, teachercast.net slash voicemail or email us over at feedback at teachercast.net. We want to hear from you. We would love to have you join our group and join our mastermind in the next year. We've got a great plan coming up for everybody out there. Now, Nick, speaking of that plan, when you do your professional development, do you have a plan? I do, Jeff. Uh, and the whole thing is a plan just for the individual uh, workshop for that day. So I have a kind of uh, a layout or a model that I like to follow. And then the other thing is the type of PD that I want to provide. And, and that's so important going through here. You know, obviously, as tech coaches, we deal with one-to-one. -one, we deal with small groups. We deal with large groups. One of the things that I'm excited to share with everybody today is our tech coach professional development lesson plans. And we've got some a pretty cool template that we're going to be giving away with this lesson. If you guys go over to askthetechcoach.com, check out podcast episode number 21, we have a brand new tech coach template that's going to walk you through everything that you need to create a fantastic learning plan for yourself. I know myself and Nick, we do, you know, we get observed just like every other teacher. And it's nice that when the principal or when the superintendent or when everybody walks in and does your observations, this is something that you can hand them. It's got standards. It's got, you know, 
teachers will be able to. It's got waltz, if you guys know what a waltz is. There's a lot of good things that we have here, and we have wrapped everything into a nice little lesson template. So check out everything over at askthetechcoach.com. This is episode number 21, and you can download everything for free, and it, you can just have that, use it, and um, I don't know, Nick, maybe we can put some of, the, some of the lesson plans up there that are blank, and maybe we can put some of the ones up there that we've already filled out. I've got lesson plans already made for, you know, when I teach Google Drive or Google Classroom. We can do a couple things here to make it really special for tech coaches. Nick, have you ever used a lesson plan for your PD? Yeah, so I use a, a lesson plan as a model. Um, you know, I write it just like a teacher does, uh, sort of script style, so I know what's coming up and what things I want to hit. Uh, it's great just to know the objectives, you know, the skills that I'm building off of. Um, I use it to when I'm designing. I look back at my survey results and whatnot, and I'm able to see what the you know what levels the teachers are at or what specific things we want to focus on for the day. So let's dive in here, Nick, because, uh, you know, again, we as tech coaches have the opportunity to teach the same lesson 800 different ways. And I find with tech coaches, the thing that we love doing more than anything else. And, you know, guys out there, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I love doing the face to face conversations. I love meeting with that teacher one to one, getting them into a place where they can say, Nick, I need help with this. I don't get it. Help me build this. I love those one to one interactions. It, it, it takes me back to my days of, of doing lessons with the orchestra, and with the violin and stuff like that. Nick, what do you think about working with teachers one to one? What are your strategies? I like it. You know, as I look at uh, look at this and we kind of talk about, you know, best ways to provide PD. I think one of the things is even though we're going to break down all these these different facets of professional development, face to face, one to one, group, and all that, um, I think so many of these pieces have to work within each other, and you sort of have to create this entire you know umbrella idea of professional development and and offer a variety of things. So to me, the one to one piece, face to face, one to one, is great as an extension or a piece to start off. So if I meet with a teacher one to one. Hey, I know you're interested in something. Let's meet. Let's get this going. So you get the background knowledge and then, hey, you know what? I think you're at a good level. Why don't you then attend a PD workshop or something, you know, after the fact? Or what the other way I like to use it is teachers attend some type or take part in some type of online learning module. And then if they need more help, they schedule me one to one and we work together that way. You know, it's interesting that you say that. And, and, and I will say to everybody out there, this is why I like having you as, as my co-host here. I couldn't be 180 on that answer. I love having teachers meet in the group first. Mm -hmm. Because then that gives them the opportunity. You know, first of all, it's hard to get them at that one to one, right? If you sure. have a, if you have a couple hundred teachers you're dealing with, you're not going to always get that that shy teacher to say, "Hey, Nick, I, I could I could I borrow you?" Right? But if they're in a large group, now you could foster an environment where you walk up and say, "Hey, Nick, how you doing? I see this, I see this," and you go, "Hey, let's meet tomorrow. Do you have a free period? I'd love to stop by. I'm here to help you." And I'm one of those guys, I like to use the large group to bring the smaller groups together. Um, you said that you like the opposite, though. You, you like to take the one-on-ones and then bring them to the bigger groups. Yeah, you know what I just find sometimes? And I think it works both ways. I don't think there really is a right or a wrong. No, just like I said, absolutely not. Right? I think so many of these pieces are built on top of each other. And and something to consider, you know, for those, if you're talking about designing a tech integration plan and, and, and whatnot, you need to have all of these things. And I think that's something we're going to kind of talk about and get at is, is you need a variety of pieces for it to work. And I like the one-to-one -one only because – 
with me, a lot of teachers don't like to attend the after school um, unless it's an online piece. And then I don't get that maybe that opportunity to work with the teacher. So if I can really force my way into the classroom or and I don't want that to feel like I'm, I'm making them do it, but just the sense that, hey, I can take what the group work is and we can do it one to one. And then, heck, if you want to extend the learning, go online and check out the module or then we flip it. Check the module out. Invite me in when you need me after. But, yeah, I think both work. So the nice thing about the face to face is that there's many ways to do this, right? You can meet them in their classrooms. Like mm -hmm. I'm going to come to your turf. We're going to talk about this. We're going to figure it out, right? We can meet in hallways. One of my favorite things to do is I always take the long way around the building, right? Cause in our sure. schools, everybody has a hallway duty or a lunch duty of some kind. I'll just walk around the halls and say, Hey Nick, how are you doing? What you working on? Like what's, what's going on? And you know, maybe, and, and I always say, I don't have an agenda with those. Literally, it's just FaceTime. How's your family? What's the deal? It's not, Nick, what's on your Chromebook? Because I don't want to <laughs> be seen 50 yards away coming and have them go, oh, God, here, here, here it comes, here right? Comes. So I, I use those table times to, in the hallway times, to almost never talk technology. I let them bring it up because, you know, more than often than not, I walk by Nick's at the table. He sees me and I, you know, hey, how you doing? Has your family, has your kids, whatever. And they go, you know what? I do have a question for you. And, and I was I, just going to and I just smile and go bing. Yep. And I was just going to say that, that that's usually how it plays out is, you know, this goes back to two podcasts ago. This is this is building relationships one on one. And you uh -huh. walk around and I see a teacher in the room. Hey, let me pop in and say, hey, what's up? What's going on? How's everything? And then next thing you know, it's, you know what, let me ask you a question. I meant to ask you, I meant to reach out to you. And then, like you said, bang, you're in and now you're, you know, you're working on something right then and there. You're scheduling time for a later yep. date. And the hard part about that is having a unique conversation, right? Like every, every teacher you have, it's, hey, how you doing? I don't know. Maybe I'm weird. I, I get tired of giving the same answer. Hey, things are good. The kids are in school because you might do that 12 times a day. Sure. Right. So I, 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 I make a game with myself to come up with a different answer for different things. But I don't know. Maybe I'm a little weird for that. So we have classrooms. We have hallways. Now, school meeting rooms. I, I know specifically I'm not saying the term lunchroom, staff room. Um, you know, again, I think we might have even mentioned this on the, on the previous shows, but you know, I don't like to use the lunchroom for tech coaching. I might go in there at nine in the morning with the teacher. I might go in there at two in the afternoon with the teacher, but usually that, you know, 1030 to 130 area, I mm -hmm. try to eat lunch there. I don't bring the tech coach in there. I try to literally just talk about anything else. Cause again, I want them to say, Hey, you know, your kids are doing great. That's fantastic. Oh, by the way, I have a question for you. Yeah, and I'm and, the same way. I try to stay away from, right. you know, the faculty rooms and whatnot. And I'm the first to say, you know, look, I'd love to talk. You know, if you want to talk about it now, that's great. I try not to mix business with pleasure. There's other people here. You know, they don't want to hear me talking about Google Classroom on their lunch. But if you want to talk about it, we certainly can. But I try not to turn that into it because, you know, you never want to have a, an, uh, what's the right podcasting word, itchathon um, at the lunchroom <laughs> because of a feature or something like that. Sure. Now, the other thing is tech coach office, right? Now, um, I have an office in my in one of the buildings, but not in all the buildings. Nick, you work in two buildings. Um, yep. Do you have an office? Do you have two offices? Or do they give you a set spot where you, where you go every day? Or what do you have? So I do, I do have an office and then I have, uh, I guess two, you know, in, in two different areas. Um, one more sort of like a cubby, 
uh, session. But you know what? I, I don't really, I try not to spend a lot of time there. What I do is I've, you know, worked with the media uh, specialists at both of our schools and just have a sesh, uh, a spot that's mine inside sort of the vestibule um, or the center area of, you know, our media center. And I, I set up shop at the desk, you know, mm-hmm. that way to me, it's visible. Um, I'm starting to get a lot more students now that come over with questions as well. So I like that when I'm there. Um, but I'll tell you what, most of my time this year, which I kind of, I think I mentioned right at the beginning, my goal was to spend time in classroom. So when teachers yeah. reach out, it's no, you know, not where am I? It's where are you? I'm going to meet you. You tell me when and where. Right. So, you know, we want to hear from you guys, like, cause we, you know, Nick and I are learning constantly from each other and from our mastermind and from other tech coaches that we find what are some of your tips and tricks for one-to-one learning reach out to us at ask the tech coach um, on twitter or you know again teachercast.net slash voicemail or email us over at feedback at teachercast.net so nick let's make the groups a little bit bigger here let's do face-to-face one versus group now i'm going to say the first one on here does not work for me and i know it doesn't work for me because i've had several dozen teachers say Jeff, this will not work. And that is lunch and learns. But you yeah. put this on the list. So this must work for you. <laughs> so and, and it's kind of interesting because, uh, you know, our, our a lot of our teachers don't actually take part in our lunch and learns. Um, they're not a mandatory thing and they're not a, you know, earn PD hours type of time. Um, it's been something that's coming down. So I don't know where the, you know, the future will lead with lunch and learns. Now it's something I've run in the past with the previous district and it worked out very well. I use lunch and learns for administrative assistants, um, and secretaries. And with them, it's been huge. I mean, they look forward to it all the time. It's something they ask about. So that to me, and that's still a one to group type idea. Um, it's just provided a great time to work with them. So wait a minute. You have a, an administrative assistant who sits down all day, stressful job. The one hour they can get away from their office, they're spending it with you learning about Google Docs. Right. I know. Right now I'm running a Google boot camp style. So every other week we meet uh, for one hour um, and then we do two days. So one at one building, one at the other. Wow. And I'll tell you, I have, you know, anywhere from eight to ten that show up and we're in session four or five. That is camp. awesome. Now, okay, so the other thing that doesn't work is before school or after school. <laughs> now, you're going to tell yeah. me that it does work for you, right? <laughs> I am. I, I'm not going to tell you before school. Um, that you know, I think that's a difficult one. I think that's really based on culture. And if you got a lot of teachers that show up early, that that's a difficult one. Difficult for me, um, getting to school at that very early time. But you know what? We do a lot of our training after school. Heck, today I I ran a workshop on, you know, breakout games and designing digital breakouts. And that was uh, after school and generally decently well attended. Okay. So what about these hands-on guided lecture based things, you know, where you stand up and you've got an hour and, you know, do you do 24 Chrome extensions or do you do, here's one at Chrome extension and we're going to last it for 45 minutes or when, when you're working with small groups, we're going to get to department and faculty soon, but when you're working with small groups, what is your philosophy for getting your point across? Yeah, I don't like throwing too many things out at once. And what I find is when you start doing that, um, I never get to finish anything, right? I like, I always feel like I threw out two or three ideas I don't know if I've inundated them. I always feel like I have, and I never really got to dive into any one thing. So my philosophy is stick to one or two, try to keep it more collaborative and hands-on. I love doing guided. Like I love the idea of 
I do, you know, we do, and then you do style. Um, so I'll do a guided tour, walk with me as we do it together. And then there's some group or partner activity that then you guys do it together. And then at the end time starts to become some, all right, now you do it on your own, but create something that you can take away. Now, Nick, we're going to take a time out from our list here because I got a couple of questions that came in. I noticed over Twitter the last couple of days. Um, the concept of professional development being successful or not based off of the location you give your professional development. I don't know about you, but Ooh. large group, small group, I don't want to be in the auditorium. Yeah, that's uh, I, I'm the same way. I don't I, it almost feels keynote style and I'm just speaking at them when you're in there. There's and nothing. Nobody wants to wise, Right. Nobody wants to sit in those chairs for an hour. Yeah, and they have to put their 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 devices on their laps. You can't control them. They always want to sit in the back of a thousand seat auditorium, and you're up front with your little projector card and everything else. Um, it's just not a good place for professional development. No, it it almost feels like everything's mandated, right? When you're in right. there, and I and I think so many schools have their faculty meetings and, and things you, like that in you there. You can't be creative, right? Right, exactly. You, you, you can't so do difficult. you can't do breakout edu when when you know thirty <laughs> people are spread no. out between a thousand seat auditorium and the, the, you know they're, they're on their phones and you it doesn't right. it just doesn't work. Um, you're gonna I hide find, everything underneath chairs. That's right, what you're gonna do. Exactly. I, I find <laughs> the best rooms for PD, if not you know conference room kind of things. I like science labs. Right. Like they're made for yeah. small groups and these little slate tables. And, and I absolutely love doing that. Now, a concept that we've brought up on this show a couple of times, and it certainly has impacted the way we do things as tech coaches, is the concept of weekday professional development versus weekend professional development now you know this weekend coming up i'm going to an ed camp and i can guarantee you someone's going to do a, a presentation called Thirty-five Thousand chrome extensions that you can't live without <laughs> and it's gonna be awesome and everyone's gonna bring it their their you know their chrome extensions together and the guy and the present the presenter is going to be giving out slides and, and everything's going to be fantastic they're going to eat that presentation up now if i did that on a monday I don't know if I'll be asked back the next day, right? It doesn't it doesn't work. So what what is the difference to you, Nick, between weekday planning, right? Planning for your school, planning for a faculty, department, whatever. What is the difference between planning for that and let's say choosing an ed camp topic or what we've been talking about, choosing an ISTE topic? What is the difference between these three different PDs and why is it different? Well, I think, you know, time right is a big one and and depending on how much time you're given or what the goal of the audience is who's attending um if they're trying to walk out with the idea to be able to implement something then going through 30 apps or extensions is not going to give them that, that op opportunity to be proficient in something to walk out uh, and, and apply back to their school i think I think the style of weekend really comes down to, you know, us as tech coaches and people who are attending are just trying to walk out with this information that then they're going to do something with it to turn key back. Right. With me, weekday becomes, okay, they're attending it because they want this hands on. So what I might do is if I went to something and I found something interesting on a weekend, I pull a piece or two of that out and I go, okay, how does it connect to a district or building goal? And how does it connect to something that might interest you know, teachers, for example, when I run my breakout, you know, workshop that I run, it's not just about breakout and it's not just about escape rooms, but it's how, and I usually title it, how breakouts 
and you know motivate and engage uh, student learners. So now it's about student engagement, which is a district or building gold, and I build it around that. So let's take that for a second. Now, we are going to be doing a complete show about RFPs and putting proposals in. I, I promise you guys that we're going to do a complete show. But, Nick, take me through your philosophy here. Um, breakout EDU is the topic. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put you on the spot here. What is the ISTE title for a breakout EDU pr presentation? Uh, you know, I think when you're doing any of these titles, especially for ISTE, it's you want like top one, two, three things that people are going to be able to take away, or you start with something like a how to, um, that to me is when you're walking, working with some of these bigger, um, you know, conferences, I think you want to give people an idea of what specifically it is and what are the one to two, three things that they're going to walk out with. What is the difference for you between an ISTE title and a school title? So for instance, for me, the school title might be breakout edu. And mm -hmm. the because that's the buzzword everybody knows, but the ISTE sure. title might be um, uh, breakout EDU family feud style or some you know <laughs> some kind of clever but catchy something, which right? is which is what they do with Ed Camps as well, right? right? And I think a lot of places, which the idea is they're trying to draw you in, right? I mean, it's 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 that advertisement really is what it is, and how does it sound interesting enough that they're that they're trying to you know bring you in to attend their 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 session now look we we we're, look we, let's be honest here nick we've been in the isti in isti vibe right we're getting ready for all these different conferences coming up for me in here sure. in new jersey we've got the nja conference coming up i'm doing like 10 presentations that day we've got a lot of things coming up so you and i have been talking a lot about presentation topics we're going to save a lot of that conversation for another podcast episode coming up but we want to know what you guys are doing. What are your favorite presentation topics? And also, what are your favorite presentation titles? How do you take a single presentation that you guys do and maybe throw three or four different topic um, titles, I should say, to it, depending on your audience style? So let us know about that. Teachercast.net slash voicemail or feedback over at teachercast.net. Now, let's do our last two things here. Video-based learning. This is something that I find is individual, right? But you seem to like this here, right? So creating screencasts, creating creative videos. Um, what are your philosophies? Does your district force, for lack of a term, teachers to go online? I, I, I heard you use Schoology. <laughs> did you hear that? I, I did. Um, <laughs> look, I, I think no matter what learning management system you use, um, you know, screencasts to me do become part of my my I think they become part of the bigger piece they become part of online learning modules for me uh which is another thing I think we're going to get into um to me video-based lessons become more of the the passive effect of the teachers just watching it more webinar style just to kind of be able to get some information from it but they may not be partaking in any type of discussion or creation activity so I think video-based becomes the beginning part the online learning module now becomes more of the extended piece. What what are, what are your thoughts and and on screencasting and do you think they, you know, should become part of a PD? I think it's extremely important to make sure that you can be in as many places as possible. I also mm -hmm. think that there's a time and a place for it. So for instance, if you know that there's a lot of teachers that are asking, "How do I find the copy and paste button on Google Docs?" Okay, make a screencast, put it in the newsletter, reference it there it is. 
right? And, and you can always go back to that. I also find that a lot of teachers aren't going to be um, watching them, I think is the right term, right? Watching them. Yeah. I think, yeah. And I think what you're saying, you know, because I think we've become so accustomed to so many webinars being really long and you're just sitting and listening to someone. I think the key is what you're saying. They need to be very small. There is uh, a buddy of mine uh, in a nearby district. He does this great job with these bite-sized, which he calls them, uh, modules. And I, I should actually, let, let me delete that. I shouldn't even say the word module because they are just a video-based lesson. And the idea is they're bite-sized, they're small, they're no minute that, you know, no more than three to five minutes. And it's just a how-to of, one thing that you want, you know, you want to walk out with. And like you're saying, teacher goes, man, they're always asking this question. How do I submit a form using my, you know, uh, a program? How do I, um, I don't know, how do I create something in Google sites? And it's a quick two to three minute video that they watch and then they know how to do something. We want to know about you that, right? Because I, I think that's also a good topic for the mastermind here is how do you get people to do this? I, I have created um, multi, multi-part uh, even more, even with TeacherCast, like, you know, here here's Google Docs. Here's my 13 different videos. You don't know if people are watching all 13, even when you do stuff on YouTube, right? Like, how do you create things and then put that buzz around it? Um, my philosophy on these videos is less than four minutes, right? Like, yep. you're not going to be creating a 10-minute video on how to do Padlet. You're going to be creating maybe how to start Padlet. I always do, like, I always think in two videos, right? One of them is what is, and the other one is how to. And they got to be short. Right? They got to be short. I even try to encourage teachers when they're making their own videos or when they're bringing in other YouTube videos, take the time to actually put timestamps on things. Right. Because if as a teacher, I'm looking at a video and it says it's 11 minutes. I'm not watching it. But if you told me that at six minutes in the eight minute mark, I'm going to be talking about these two things. OK, then at least I can fast forward to the parts that I want to watch. Absolutely. And, and you know what, with video based lessons, I think a lot of teachers do them or create them for their students. And I think of it the same way. I remember starting that um, not to flip entire lessons, but I found it so useful in the sense that, OK, I had so many students that struggled with thesis writing. So why not just create a quick three minute video that they can go back to at any moment? And if I'm grading an essay, I could just say, you know what, and circle thesis statement and be like, hey, watch that video clip or whatever. Go back and check it out. It's just the way that then they don't have to keep asking about it. And same with teachers. I mean, it's just a, hey, you know what? I got two minutes on a prep. Let me go watch that video on how I can quickly do something. And like you said in the beginning, Jeff, which I think is the key for it, is this almost helps mitigate you being everywhere. Like right. it gives you an opportunity to copy yourself hundreds of times and be like, hey, at any moment when you need me, if I'm not there, but hey, there might be a, a quick video on how to do it. And this is where those canned responses come in, right? Like you can set up five or six canned responses that says, hey, here's where you find that information because no one's going to the staff portal to then go and hunt and peck for a like, – no one's doing yep. that. But if we, if you – you know, we've, we've created a, a quick you know template that says, hey, thanks for your thing. All the information can be found over here. Click here to go find it. Um, that's helpful. I find very, yeah. very helpful to at least give them the point because, you know, we all make wonderful materials and we all make a lot of materials, but our school doesn't keep up on where that is and our teachers don't keep up on where that stuff is. So sure. having a way for them to quickly find it and do things again, last week we talked about, you know, tech coach websites and navigations, making sure that people can have all that. Now, 
when we're talking about video-based learning and digital learning and putting all these resources together and you combine that with what we talked about last week with, with, the, with the websites, let's finally get into how to create these things, right? I, I'm a big fan of Google Sites. We do a lot of Google Sites where we are. You, of course, use Schoology, I believe. <laughs> Schoology and Google well, Sites. I love both. Yep. What, when you're putting these together, do you just give out the video? Do you just give out the form? Do you put everything together in a, for instance, in, in, you know, with, with my situation, I make a Google website that has everything in it, and then I, you know, it's it's kind. Of, I call it the Sergeant Pepper, right? The the website takes the tour of the thing, so I'm not giving them a, a you know two videos and a and a Google Doc. I'm making a website here. Take the website. Everything is on it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, I'm, I guess I'm a little methodical with, you know, especially when it's getting into now online learning modules and that sort of thing. Um, just from trial and error, I've come up with a template that I like that I think teachers appreciate. Um, but it's, it, it's, it's the idea of taking the video based learning and my face to face workshops and what I would do that way to design those, those, those workshops and those presentations to then how do I make it interactive online? How do I get teachers collaborating and sharing ideas? How do I get them talking to each other and what can they take away? I have to have that piece. So when I design my online learning modules, they're more extensive, even the short ones, if it's just quickly learning how to utilize a tool or something, there is a takeaway. They have to create something. They have to show the work that they did. Um, but I think the teachers appreciate that because, again, if they have that piece that they're able to take away, it gives them a little bit more of a nuance to want to go back to it and then work on it a little bit more in the end. So generally, when we're looking at professional development, we're looking at the idea that we as tech coaches are, of course, in favor of it. And, and our, of course, our whole position here, Nick, is to give that professional development. The teacher's job is to work with the students. And quite often, the teachers don't have the time to bring you in. The teachers don't have the time to take those learning modules. The teachers don't have the time to do all these other things. And here comes the, the happy pappy tech coach saying, guys, we're going to do a live Google Hangout during lunch. That way we can all be sitting at our computers and we can do a, a conversation. <sighs> <laughs> Nick, do they work? No. And usually it doesn't. You know, I am playing with an idea, though, that maybe might be interesting is to kind of take what we're talking about right now with these live online hangouts. And, and, and I've tried them. I'll tell you, I keep trying them every once in a while where I'm like, maybe I could figure something out that it might work. And it just, it just doesn't uh, too well. However, I'm thinking, what about like a, a live virtual conference? Like if it's an extended day of like a schedule of events and things they can attend whenever they want, as far as all variety of workshops, like I'm almost thinking that could be something that's kind of neat so, to take the live hangout to a next level. So what you're saying is we know that teachers don't want to be in the auditorium all day. So why right. don't you tell them to go to their classrooms and then log in and listen to you talk? <laughs> right. That's it. And we no, want to know I, what you're thinking about, guys, out there. Teachercast.net slash voicemail. Let Nick have it. We would love to have him get bombarded by calls on that one. Nick, you're on your own. <laughs> Thanks. But seriously, it, it's important that we have our own style with this, right? It's, it's a matter of there is no right answer. Um, quite often, while I'm doing my large group classes, I will try to find those two or three teachers that might be there for the first time. 
and you sit down with them and you go, hey, how you doing? I start those conversations immediately. Or I'll always do something to kind of bring up those teachers. Sometimes we find ways to, you know, connect for the first time with these teachers and start to build those relationships. It's hard, right? Everybody out there that we talked to at the mastermind, you know, when we were talking about these kinds of topics, they're all shaking their heads going, yeah, it is hard to do this. It's hard to be your own champion. It's hard to be your own mascot. You know, these teachers are, are really working hard. The last thing they want is you coming in and, you know, saying you're not doing it right. You should try this. And then my favorite part, Nick, is when you say, and if you do this, I'll give you a badge. <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't I don't think the badge, though, has to be, you know, a negative connotation to it. I think micro credentialing and badging, I think has to, is a, is a culture change. If teachers aren't used to that, if they're not gamifying in the classroom or using that as an intrinsic motivator, then they're not going to be accustomed to the badge. Now you and I, someone who's going on and obtaining PD from different ed tech companies and, and, and apps and whatnot, we're noticing that a variety of people are giving out badges as a form of the extended certificate. So it's sort of like, instead of me giving you a paper certificate, the badge is signifying your completion or that you've, you know, you've got knowledge in something. I think if you use it in a creative way, you start to implement gamification, then I think badging makes its way in. I think if you're just trying to just give badges, just, just to give badges, it, it, it doesn't sit with anything and teachers aren't finding the connection of, well, why are they, why is that person, why is he, you know, integrating badging into our PD? Do I badge? Absolutely. But I will tell you that I've established an entire, you know, self-paced gamified uh, PD platform. And I think now teachers understand that the badges are part of that. It's a way for them to showcase their learning. Um, but the pieces connect. And that's what you, I think you have to remember when you're putting this together. And if I, if I remember correctly, Nick, you do all that through Schoology. I do. Yep. <laughs> But it's easy. That's why, because it's all in one place. So, um, you know, I've tried using Credly and all those different uh, sites as far as designing badges. But when you have one platform that sort of does it all, it just makes it easier for the teachers. Guys, we want to know what you guys are thinking about this out here. It's, a, it's an important topic that us as tech coach really get into. It's something that we brought up during our mastermind. You know, how do you train? Where do you train? What does your website look like? These are important topics we're going to be starting uh next week we're going to be doing our second uh tech coach roundtable nick in fact that's going to be the topic of our show next week um, we are right now looking for you guys if you guys would like to be on our roundtables please reach out to us on twitter at ask the tech coach leave us a voice message over at teachercast.net slash voicemail or email us over at feedback at teachercast.net we're going to be doing these roundtables every single month generally with this show we do two or three or maybe four shows um, just like this with Nick and I, and then we're going to put it together as a round table where we invite the tech coach community in, and we're going to go back and go through these topics to get your points of view, to get your questions asked, because after all, the show is called Ask the Tech Coach. Now, Nick, what are we looking at doing after our roadmap? We've got some pretty interesting conversations and topics coming up. One of my favorite ones is how do you have a great relationship between the tech coach and the administrator? Yeah. So, and I think that's some of the ideas is really where should they be, you know, and um, looking at like, as far as PD, what relationship should you have? What should they be doing during those events? And, um, and just how the two titles are working together, 
you know, one of the things I think we were talking about in the mastermind with our first meetup was sort of like the tech coach as the innovative mind, but how can they work with the admin, as you're saying, sort of to get ideas um, and initiatives started in in a district or a school. Now, another topic we have coming up is called don't just don't get discouraged when they don't get it. Nick, have you had a situation where you're going and you're going and you're going and you realize, oh, my goodness, I have 30 blank faces. What just happened? Yeah. And, and, you know, I guess it's sort of a downer for you, right, as as a tech coach, because you go in, you had this whole lesson or this workshop planned and you got all these great ideas. And and either a it's going slower than you thought, because a lot of people are, you know, on a different level than what you thought they were or they're just not interested in it as we've talked before and that's something that you're not going to win you know 100 percent of the crowd um but if they don't get it then then that's that teachable moment all right let me stop where we're at and we got to have a feel for it so i think we're going to dive into that a little bit deeper and then one last topic that i'm looking forward to probably in the beginning of december we're going to hit this social media trends and how they relate to education. Nick, we always see these hashtags pop up. We always see these these brand new ed tech things pop up, and suddenly you realize everybody on Twitter is doing this. Hmm, maybe I should do that. Um, what do you think about social media trends affecting what you do in the classroom? That's a, yeah, that's a tough one. I think because with, with schools, I think one of the biggest thing is that, that competitive aspect, and I think competition is good and bad. I think in the sense that we look at other schools and and – what they're doing and what other tech coaches are doing and we're trying to do and live up to some of the same exact things. And that's great to aspire to some of them. But, but the problem I think a lot of schools run into is it's just not organic to that culture of that school and the community. So I, you know, I think we're going to look at some of the ideas of things to follow and, and things to do and some of the things maybe not. Now, of course, there's several great ways that you can be a part of this and subscribe to all of our shows. We like it when you guys go over to askthetechcoach.com. This particular show is episode number 21, and we have, of course, all of our backlinks there. And you can, of course, find us on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach. Now, Nick, is there any uh, closing thoughts for the day on this topic? Anything that people might want to know before we, uh, we say goodbye today? Yeah, I think just to wrap it up, you know, I said it in the beginning and I think we were harping on it that, you know, you may not do all of these things. You you and if you don't and you only do one of them, I think the idea is you want to incorporate as many of these elements as you can. Right. When you tie them all together, that's how you're going to how to put together a seamless you know, tech integration plan. And you're giving your teachers a variety of ways to, to, to get professional development, to feel supported. Um, none of these things are going to work by themselves. Um, and what that comes back to then is what are your teachers needs? And, and if you ask the teachers and you check out your surveys and your results, you're going to find what PD works best for them. And the best way to do all of this guys, just to kind of put a, a button on the top here, take notes after all of my PDs, I always try to find time to reflect, try to find things that we can do. Sometimes if an administrator comes up and gives some, some suggestions, maybe I'll make a note of that that says, you know, this administrator said this. So that way, the next time that administrator's in the room, I'll know to adjust what I'm doing to make sure that we're there. We've all been through these things. And that's why we're going to be giving you guys our brand new professional development lesson plan template. Check it out over at askthetechcoach.com, episode number 21. We're going to be giving this to you free for just listening to it and being an awesome tech coach. We've got some great templates for that, and we want to hear from you guys over here. Check us out over at teachercast.net slash voicemail. Nick, where can we find out the great things that you're doing in your neck of the woods? 
Sure. So you can follow me on Twitter um, at nAmaralEDU, or you can f- uh, check out my blog, uh, edtechforay.wordpress.com. And again, you can check out the podcast here over at Ask the Tech Coach at Ask the Tech Coach. And you can find all of our great stuff over on teachercast.net. Join our insiders program on any of our podcasts and blogs. We, we share some great podcasts and blogs and our online courses and over the last couple weeks nick we've been revamping teachercast university our online platform that has all of our presentations you can go over to teachercast university and check out all the great stuff there and maybe get some tips and tricks of yourself for how to how to create your own professional development in your school guys we want to say thank you for not only the support but being with us and being an amazing tech coach in your school district on behalf of everybody here in the teacher cast educational network my name is jeff bradbury and i'm nick amaral reminding you to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students